my name is Jonathan Evans, and uh, I am the son of Dr. Tony Evans, and many people will know that name. And, well, I also have to say the brother of Priscilla Shire, because people, <laughs> people know that name. <laughs> um, but uh, come from a, a great believing Christian family. My dad, Dr. Tony Evans, is been preaching now for 50 years. This is his 50th year. He's been at our church for about 43 years. He started the church, Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. He's from Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, he started a church with 10 people in a house in 1976 and now has about 12,000 members. He has a radio broadcast that, uh, that started, you know, in our garage with my mom putting his tapes in packages and just going to the mailbox and dropping them off. And now it's a uh, a thousand stations on over 130 countries, and uh, and so there's a lot going on. He was the chaplain of the Dallas Cowboys during the Tom Landry days. He's still the chaplain of the Dallas Mavericks, and that's been since their conception as an organization. And so, um, so he's kind of really uh, paved the way in in more ways than one uh, for our family and and many others. And so it's it's hard to follow in his footsteps, but it's a it's a great thing to learn from. All of us in the family, so it's my mom and dad, and then um, Crystal is the oldest, okay? She's Crystal Hurst now. And then Priscilla, who many, many people know, Priscilla Shire. And then I have my brother Anthony, okay? And then it's me, so it's four of us. I would say that a lot of people would know Priscilla from the movie War Room. Um, she was in the movie War Room, plus she's a nationally known speaker. Um, but if you've seen the movie War Room or the movie I Can Only Imagine, um, and, then, and then there's a new movie coming out that the Kendrick brothers are putting together called Overcomer. And so she'll be in that movie as well. And so she's doing really well. She never really asked to be in the movie scene, but God said, ah, I want you to do it. And people would ask me, has she ever acted before? And I'd say, she's been acting her whole life, you know, in the house. And so um, she's been doing really good with that. Anthony is the, is the singer. Uh, he has eight to ten albums now. He's been singing all over the country. Um, Anthony has been um, leading worship at our church every first Sunday, so he's still committed there while doing it all over the country, and so he's been re doing really well as well. Crystal is the, um, she's the mom of the bunch. She's got five kids, and, but she's also, um, she's a book writer, she's an author, she's got uh, two books that she's written, A Kingdom Woman and uh, Is She Still There, uh, which was written for women. And so she does that. She helps uh, build our small groups at our church. Um, she's real structured in her mind and how she puts things together. And so she's fun too. Well, you know, people, you know, ask me uh, all my life what it was like to grow up with Dr. Tony Evans as my father, Dr. Uh, Lois Evans as my mother. And uh, for me, it was just life. I, had, I didn't know any different. I didn't know. Uh, that there was a difference until I got older. And when I got older, I realized, oh, God gave me something special. And that's when I really started to treasure uh, the parents that I had and the siblings that I had and the opportunities uh, that I was given through their hard work and what God has done in their life. And so there's a lot of great things that I was taught and blueprints that I was given that I realized a lot of people don't have. And really, it was just up to me to decide how I was going to use those and how I was going to further that legacy and that foundation that had already been built. And so um, I have to give a lot to my parents for, first of all, giving their lives to Christ and then showing how that permeates through them to the children and how we live that out afterwards. And so um, so growing up was a lot of learning, a lot of understanding, um, in some ways pressure, because when, when those are your parents, you know, you're, you're starting to think, well, you can't do this and you can't go there because of who they are. 
But then you begin to build your own relationship with God and you realize, no, the reason why you live the way that you live is because of who he is in you. And so realizing the, to, to not distance myself from my parents, but to do so spiritually so that I can have my own relationship with God. Because I spent most of my life riding the coattail of my parents' relationship with God. And I thought that was good enough because of, of how strong they were. Uh, but I realized it wasn't. And so it also taught me how to have my own relationship with God and how to use their blueprint with that new relationship. So it's been good. <laughs> I think off the top of my head about funny stories um, when it comes to my parents and my brother and sister, but most of those things would happen, you know, for us at the table. I mean, the table was wild. You know, people think, you know, the Evans family, they sit down, they're at the table, they're listening to Tony Evans crack open the Bible and all that kind of stuff. Man, we were throwing food, we were talking crazy, we were having a good time. My parents couldn't keep us uh, from being silly and acting crazy. And so it was a wild time, but it was, it was a fun time uh, where we just got to spend time with them. Uh, but we're, we're a crazy bunch and, and we have fun. I ended up going to Baylor University in college where I met my wife. And so we met at Baylor University and, you know, just fast forward because time flies. We ended up getting married and now we have five children. The personality of our family is very fun, very fun loving. We're on the go. Um, each child obviously is different and they present different fun things for our family, different challenges for our family. Kelsey, uh, the oldest, she's the artist. She's the one who doesn't want to be held in a box. She's the one who doesn't want to do anything formal. She likes to just be open, spontaneity. Uh, that's her thing. And uh, Jonathan is the thinker. So it goes from Kelsey, who's at 100, to Jonathan, who just wants to sit still, analyze, make sure it's okay, ponder things. And then Camden's the wild man. I mean, he's not happy unless he's beating up his dad, running over his brother, or running into a wall or swinging from the chandelier in our kitchen. I mean, that's Camden. Kyler can get away with anything because we call her sweet, sweet. She's daddy's girl. Um, and then we're still learning who Jade is. And so, uh, but it's a fun family. It's a lot of activity going on. Um, all of our kids play sports or do an art because we can't just sit around and play video games all day. Um, and so we get them involved in a lot of activities and uh, they love to travel. I try to bring them along with me when I'm traveling so that I make sure I spend that quality time with them because I'm gone. And uh, so we have a lot of fun. We do a lot of um, family activities. We make sure uh, that we're at the table each night uh, doing activities with, with each other, getting to know one, one another. And so uh, we just go, we just go. We're just doing what we feel like God is calling us to do. I think when it ha comes to having children, um, choosing right versus wrong is very important to parents, okay? That we, we really just wish we could, you know, take our brains and put it in their head and just let them go with that. But the reality is, is that they're going to have to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And they do that first and foremost by understanding um, that he's real through your life and through the example that they see but also understanding that they're going to need to build their own relationship for themselves. That, that that I learned in my own personal life, being raised by Dr. Tony and Lois Evans, that they had such an outstanding relationship with God. And it was great. Um, but I, I realized that their relationship with God wasn't going to work for me. Like, it, it was good to see. It was good for me to learn blueprints. But I had to have my own personal relationship with God in order to actually 
be able to choose right from wrong. Because in order to choose right from wrong, you basically have to deny yourself, which is what the Bible says. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And so really understanding that in order to deny myself and take up my cross, I better really love God for myself. I better really love Jesus Christ for myself. I better really have a relationship with him for myself and be really in love with him if I'm going to obey him. That's what uh, John uh, 14, 15 says. If you love me, you will do what I say. And so we want kids to do the right thing and we want to um, pour into them, hey, this is right and this is wrong. Uh, but like all of us, they're born with a sin nature. And so we all have a natural knack to the wrong thing. We, we know we should eat the salad, but we love McDonald's. I mean, that's just the way that life works. And so the question is, um, how in love with being spiritually healthy are you um, that's going to take you to eating right spiritually? And so um, that right and wrong is not just a question of decision making. It's a question of spirituality, making a decision with your spiritual self and really helping them fall in love with God instead of falling in love with rules. Because rules without relationship will always equal rebellion. If you have rules, but you don't have the relationship, you're asking for rebellion. And so if you want that kid to choose right from wrong, first of all, they need to have a great relationship with you. Know that you love them even when they're doing wrong. God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, that's when he, that's when he showed his greatest love. So that's our job. But then also telling them and helping them understand the importance of having a relationship with Jesus Christ and falling in love with him. Because if you love him, the offshoot of that is that you'll obey him. Technology is, is, is big. Obviously, when you talk about social media, when you talk about uh, the culture that we're in right now, it's all about screens, television. I mean, it's, it's all about seeing video. Technology is big in our culture. It's used for good things, but it also can become a hindrance to the family. It's a big hindrance to the family that I've noticed. I mean, if I give my kids some screens, they'll never look up. I mean, for hours on end, they'll never look up. Their, their personal, uh, person-to-person skills are very low due to the fact that they don't need to have community. They don't need to have people around or conversations. And that takes away from family time. And so we recognize that as our kids were growing up and getting older. And I know most parents, all parents, are going to have that same thought or that problem when it relates, as it relates to technology. And so what we've done in our family, we decided that Monday through Friday there is no technology. We have zero screens, zero TVs, zero phones, zero iPads. We put everything away and their job is to interact as a family. Our job is to interact with our kids as a family. And so everything is shut down. And so, and, and kids get used to it. Now they're creative. Now they, um, they play outside. You know, there's something called outside that a lot of kids have forgotten about. Um, you know, and they, they'll come in and ask for a bottle of water. I'm like, no, stay outside. There's a hose outside. You know, that's what we used to drink out of when we were growing up. Just get the hose, drink out of that and stay out there. Have fun. Enjoy one another. Um, learn how to uh, deal with one another when, when it comes to sharing. All of these different things, these small skills that they don't learn with technology and we don't want that to take away from our family time. So Monday through Friday, there is no technology in the Evans household. And Saturday and Sunday, we allow it for a certain amount of time. And so our kids, and of course, when that time comes, they binge on it now. They're excited about it, but that's okay because they spent the whole, the whole week taking care of our responsibilities, uh, loving their family and loving God. And that's, that's our prayer every night um, in, in the opposite order. We say, love God, love your family, take care of your responsibilities. Have fun.
Okay, so that's our that's our rules in our house, and so we want to implement that um, naturally, and so that's what we do. So I would encourage parents for sure uh, to shut that down, and it'll be hard, especially if you have teenage kids. It's going to be hard for them to backtrack to that, but then they'll start loving. They'll appreciate that when they get older. That all of that family time they had, being creative, um, board games. You know, going back to the old school a little bit. Um, is really how you have family time and how you can pour into and really get to talking to your kids again because now the talking in the household has gone way down because other people are influencing our children instead of us and so we have to change that. Words are huge when it comes to family and I learned this best from my dad and my mom but my dad specifically because my dad was just unusually patient. Okay, the fruit of the spirit patience, he's got that and he's got it on a whole nother level. I mean, my mom has it too, but we noticed that my dad was just like, he never raised his voice. And that's, I mean, for me with five kids, it's hard for me. I'm like, I'll start raising my voice and then I'll start thinking, oh man, I messed up on that one. Because I remember how my dad and mom raised us in a home where even when we made bad mistakes and even when we can see the frustration on his face, he would just talk to us. And we were, and now that I have kids, I realize, how hard was that to never raise your voice? And I remember bathing one of my sons um, and, I'm, and I'm on the phone with my dad and my dad's talking to me and I'm like, hold on dad. And I'm like, Camden, get in the tub. You know, he won't get in the tub. He's running, <laughs> he's doing what Camden does. He's running around, playing with everything, doing everything except what I'm telling him to do. And so I'm raising my voice, just trying to get him in the tub. And my, I remember my dad saying, Jonathan. And I said, yes, I mean, yes, sir. You know, I had to calm myself down. He said, have you, have, I, have you ever heard me raise my voice at you like that? And I said, no, sir. And he said, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Patience, son. you got to have patience. And the more you continue to grow with God, the more you can, and you realize how patient he is with you, you can see your relationship with your kid the same way. you got to be patient. Just talk to him. Keep reiterating. Just help him understand how important it is to be obedient. All of those different things. And I'm like, yeah, but you're Superman. You know, you know what I mean? I can't do that. Um, but the importance of that, because kids pick that up. And there's so many kids that'll say, oh, well, I guess I am just like dad. I guess I am just like mom. And you want that to be a good thing because they've been sponges their whole life on how you've raised them. Patience, they say patience is a virtue. It's a big deal. And words, if you're operating from frustration, and if you don't take the time to say, you know what, let me come back to this in a second. Let me think about this. And if you react, um, then you'll end up saying something that you'll regret. And kids remember. Um, they remember situations where adrenaline has kicked in. Adrenaline causes remembrance. And so it's a scientific thing. So people remember things where they had adrenaline. So if there was someone who hurt you really bad or a situation where you won really big, or a big play that you made in football, you'll never forget those moments. Well, when you pierce your kid with, with bad words or cuss words or, or telling them there'll never be anything or um, out of frustration, you've heightened adrenaline, they've heard you, and they're never going to forget it. And those words will define them, and the enemy will use those to define them for a lifetime and they'll have to like break the cycle. So if parents are out there and they've said those things to their kid, what parents don't do well is apologize. But if you apologize, you help your kids understand real life 
you help your kids understand, oh wait, even someone who I view as never wrong can actually show that they're wrong. They need Jesus just as much as I do. And when they see the parents say, you know what, I was wrong. That's not what God would want me to do. That's not what God would want me to say. I, I reacted out of frustration, out of my own humanity. You know, please forgive me. That's not who you are. Now let me speak life into you. Let me change that. Kids respect that. God is love and love comes from God. In 1 John, the Bible tells us that God is not only all loving, but that He actually is love itself. The heart of the Parent Compass television show is to bring the transforming love of God to families everywhere. In every Parent Compass episode, true stories reveal family struggles and how their lives were radically changed by the love of God. Parent Compass, an award-winning television series, is completely funded by people like you. If you have been touched by God and you want to share God's love to others, would you please pass it on? Jesus tells us to go into all the world and to tell about Him. With your donation, you allow us to take this television show into many different nations and in many different languages, free of charge. And a portion of your donation goes to Parent Compass Outreach to Feed Starving Children. Your gift does so much. To make your tax-deductible gift, go to parentcompass.tv forward slash donate. That's parentcompass.tv forward slash donate. And thank you for sending love and hope around the world.